You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The crest anywhere from two to four feet above flood stage later this week. And there's a flood watch for more rainfall later today. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning, everybody, and welcome in to the Gary Harris Show for this Monday February 12th, 2024. I'm your host, Gary Harris. I got my main man, <coughs> Justin Jones, right there in the control room, doing all the heavy lifting, taking your phone calls on the first main condominiums hotline in this first hour at 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904. What a weekend that, uh, <coughs> that we have to recap for you this morning here on the program. And, and I can, as you can hear, I am still battling this cough. Uh, that came from having the flu, and um, I'm told it's a post-viral cough. And uh, so, <clears throat> bear with me. I uh, it's just um, it's very annoying. So we're going to have to get through it uh, together. And uh, but I'm going to be coughing some just so just so you'll know. And um, but what a weekend! What a weekend! We'll tell you all about it and uh, break down what we've got on tap for you <coughs> coming up here in just a few minutes but first this hour the gary harris show being brought to you as always by alabama credit union member owned and not for profit it's just a better way of banking i encourage you to find out more at alabamacu.com that's alabamacu.com alabama credit union loans for real life some rules and restrictions do apply if you're eligible for membership then join today and feel good about your money and put a little extra change in your pocket all right, let me bring Justin in because the Super Bowl turned out to be super indeed after, <laughs> to be honest with you, I thought for the most part it was it was not a, a great game. It was kind of a boring game. There were mistakes. Uh, neither offense was clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, it was a low-scoring affair. Uh, but it turned out to be fantastic um, with the two teams going to overtime and then the rules, of course, have been tweaked now that both teams get a possession uh, regardless of what the first team does. Go to overtime, 19-19. I think a lot of people were surprised when the 49ers won the toss and elected to take the football first. Uh, that's not the norm these days. And then when they kicked the field goal, you just had a feeling that that wasn't going to be enough. And um, Mahomes and the Chiefs were able to drive it down. Hey, listen, it wasn't easy. <clears throat> 49ers defense was good and um, and made some plays and um, had a chance to get, you know, off the field and in the game a couple of different times. But the Chiefs made, you know, made a big fourth down and <clears throat> kept the drive going. I think might have made two fourth downs. And anyway, got into a first-and-goal situation, and then McCole Hardman, who had not caught a touchdown all year, started the season with the Jets. He ran that little route where you cut in and then you cut toward the corner, and he was wide open. And uh, Mahomes hitting between the numbers, I think a three-yard touchdown pass, and that was your ball game. 
and the uh, Chiefs go back to back. They win their third under Andy Reid. 49ers under Kyle Shanahan now have lost the Super Bowl twice. They lost the NFC Championship game, and he blew double-digit leads in both those games against the Chiefs. <coughs> both the Super Bowls, the uh, Shanahan lost were against the Chiefs. He had 10-point leads in both of them, and of course, he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons when they blew that 25-point lead against the uh, when uh, against the Patriots. So. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's record at holding leads in the Super Bowl is not good. And the Chiefs, you know, despite, you know, not having the dominant team during the regular season that we've become accustomed to, <clears throat> but they beat the Dolphins at home and then had to go on the road to Buffalo and to Baltimore and win in two very tough environments. And then, of course, they win the Super Bowl. So. Got to get uh, tip your hat, and uh, I picked the 49ers to win the game. But quite honestly, once it once it got to OT, and I'm looking at Kyle Shanahan on one sideline and Reed and Mahomes on the other, um, you kind of knew probably how this one was going to turn out, and it did. 25-22. Justin, your Super Bowl thoughts? No, I think you're exactly right. Patrick Mahomes seemingly has that same kind of vibe that Tom Brady had where you knew if he got the ball at the end of the game it was it was over uh, <laughs> that that he was going to win it and I think that's why the question of whether or not to defer at the start of the overtime was is being debated and talked about so much today because that was kind of that was Shanahan's decision he said you know what Mahomes is going to get the ball last and that was regardless of if his offense was able to to score any points um with the first possession in that overtime. Uh, I was there with you, Gary. I picked the 49ers, um, even though I didn't really want them to win. So I guess I got my outcome that I was wishing for. Um, but man, I, it's starting to question whether Shanahan can ever do it in the big game because he's been there so many times already. And they've been huge disappointments every single time, going back to the Falcons. How did you think Purdy played in the game? Well, Purdy, the quarterback for the, for the Niners. You know, I think that's the one takeaway. You don't want to take away from Brock Purdy and what he's been able to do this season. I think he played um, pretty good, actually. I, I think what killed the 49ers, and this is another trend with Shanahan, is they kind of went away from the run. Uh, McCaffrey, they were giving him all of the carries in that first half, um, which was a lot of them, uh, seemingly, and he was getting good runs, good yardage, and they kind of moved away from it. And in the third quarter, you see him try to do all of these passing schemes and play action, and that's where we saw the Chiefs' defense defense stand out with um, their secondary mainly, Legarius Sneed, and then were able to lock up the receivers and uh, break up passes. And so, when you when you have the lead, you need to control the tempo and get things going. It's the same thing we saw with the Lions. And the Lions weren't able to hold on. They kind of just copied them, the 49ers did, and played the game out the same way, which ended in them losing. Yeah, it's um, it's such a letdown <coughs> for the team that doesn't win the Super Bowl. I know, you know, to get there is a major accomplishment. I understand that. But like last year for the Eagles, who probably should have won against the Chiefs but didn't, and now this year, the same thing with the, with the 49ers. When you get there and you're the team that loses, in some ways, it's uh, to me, it's even worse than not making it there at all. I mean, 
you don't make it at all, <clears throat> then you've moved on. You're already in, in next year mode. But for the two teams that make it to the Super Bowl, it's all about this is what you play for all year. And then when you come up short, it's it stings. And for <clears throat> the 49ers, who I know feel like they're the best team in the NFL or felt like they were the best team in the NFL going in, I know based on what I read from their team and their coach and their players that um, they believe that they were going to win the Super Bowl and that they were the best team. <clears throat> and now you're hit with the reality that you didn't win it and you got to try to come back next year and do it all again. And uh, you can say, well, for the Chiefs, trying to win three in a row is is – you know, a daunting task, but their mindset is so much better because they've won two in a row. And a third in a row, while incredibly difficult, probably seems more achievable to them than for the 49ers just trying to um, get back there again. So, you know, Gary, you're talking about <laughs> we'll see. mindset. And I, I think I, one thing I pointed out when I was watching is if you watch the team walking out, the 49ers are, they, they do the boom box thing. They're carrying it on there. They're, they're dancing and, you know, rapping along to the song. And then it cut to the Chiefs and the Chiefs were all business. Like if, if I was going to pick a team I didn't want to play just based on the walkout alone, I, man, the Chiefs look scary. And that I think speaks to their mindset, like you said. Yep, Chiefs, man. And uh, you mentioned Mahomes and Brady. <clears throat> Mahomes is on that trajectory now. He's won three. He's still relatively young. And um, he does have that aura about him. And, you know, probably from just a pure physical standpoint, is a little more physically talented than Brady. Now, Brady's got seven. So, you know, you look at Mahomes with three, which is, a lot of Super Bowl wins for a quarterback. But he's still four behind Tom Brady. So I don't know that he can get to get to seven. Um anyway, but I but I'll say this. He has got the talent, he's got the mojo. Uh that organization right now is rolling. He has a great rapport with his head coach, Andy Reid. And um, they'll be the favorites again next year, I think. <clears throat> now, let me ask you about this. Speaking of Andy Reid, in the first half when things weren't going, Chiefs <clears throat> away. And, you know, they were down 10 to nothing. And uh, Travis Kelsey had a moment where he not only got in Andy Reid's face, but made contact with his coach. Kind of, kind of pushed him a little bit, it appeared to. Now, they both. Kind of, you know, made light of it after the game, obviously. And Reed said, you know, Travis keeps me young. But what did you think of that moment? It wasn't a good look, I thought, for Travis Kelsey at all. No, it really wasn't. Um, I, it wasn't a good look. I think the expo. I, I know their relationship is is very good, Kelsey and um, Andy Reed. But their explanation for it was, or you know wasn't very good either. You would have thought maybe an apology or something from Kelsey saying he was out of line. Um, it looked really, really bad. And I don't think it's acceptable either. Um, I mean, obviously it's not acceptable to go and get in your coach's face, face almost, 
push him over is what he was doing, uh, yelling. Um, I really thought to see more of an apology or something like that at the end of the game other than just brushing it off. All right, Chiefs, do it again. It's the third, third Super Bowl MVP for Patrick Mahomes. It's his seventh season in the league, and um, he's a phenomenal player, phenomenal quarterback. And um, there'll be a lot of discussion now, I promise you, on these talking head shows about whether or not Mahomes is the GOAT, greatest of all time, and not Brady. I, I still <coughs> have Brady there. I mean, seven is still more than double three. And uh, and he got his seventh with a different team, so I'll still take Brady. But Mahomes has got a chance if he keeps winning them to um, put himself in the conversation. All right, it's nine fourteen. If you want to join the program, two zero five three four two nine nine zero four two zero five three four two nine nine zero four is the number on the first of May condos hotline. You can give us a call. Rodney Orr coming up at nine thirty, and Casey Smith on golf at ten thirty. <clears throat> when we come back on the other side, we're going to discuss. Bama basketball, men and women. Bama baseball getting ready to crank up. And, of course, Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator, and Scott Huff, the offensive line coach, leaving Alabama to go back to Seattle, this time to work for the Seahawks. So Alabama's coaching staff takes a hit before they even get to spring practice. We'll discuss it. We return to the Gary Harris Show. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9, brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hooper. Alabama men's basketball picked up a 109-92 win at LSU on Saturday. Head coach Nate Oates met with the media after the win. Big road win that we needed to get if we're going to stay in the hunt to win the league. You know, I thought LSU came ready to go. We had no answer for Baker in the first half. Then they made the run, went up, what is it, uh, one or two there in the second half, just under 10 to go, if I remember right. And then kind of the way we play, we got a barrage of threes, open it up, and that was kind of it. But, you know, I thought LSU did a really good job being ready to go, you know, on their offensive end, kind of attacking some weaknesses on us. I thought we made some decent adjustments. Our guards started helping our bigs a little bit more on Baker, turning them over a little bit more. You know, we ended up with 23 points off turnovers. I'll have more in a moment. You know, you hear a lot of coaches talk about class. You're not born with it, nor can you buy it. In a lot of ways, class is how you carry yourself and how you treat others. At Dex Imaging, they treat everybody with class, from their employees to their customers to their business partners. So if you need a copier and printer company that understands class, then give Dex Imaging a call. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of Alabama Athletics. Join us tonight for Hey Coach, presented by Alpha Insurance, live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill at 6 p.m. Central.
Hey Coach is available to listen to across our radio network, the Varsity Network app, as well as a video stream of business and bank account. Download BetU for iOS on the App Store today. Learn more about BetU by visiting their website, betu.us. That's bet, the letter U, dot U-S. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a Meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Rain, possibly a few strong thunderstorms this morning, then a chance of partial clearing this afternoon. The high today, 67. Tonight, the chance of a shower this evening, otherwise fair and colder, the low 39. And tomorrow is sunny day with a high of 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. 920, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTVC. And let's jump out on the first of May condos hotline and welcome in Tom. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Gary. It sounds like you had a setback. Well, I'm just having this cough, man. I can't get rid of it. So I don't know if you want to call it a setback. I've been having it since um, since I got the feeling better. So I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out what to do. Well, I hope it gets better. And uh, I wanted to uh, talk to you uh, this morning. Uh, after the weekend of basketball and how how pleased I was that Alabama went to Baton Rouge and won till I heard Coach Sanderson this morning, and he said they coached at, at uh, LSU. He ain't got a clue how to play Alabama. And uh, then I was a little nervous. But when I look around at the landscape, I see that Tennessee got beat and uh, Kentucky got beat, and Auburn got beat, and that only leaves uh, uh, South Carolina for right now uh, as, a, as a threat, and, uh, and we've already beat them. we got the head-to-head there. I think, I think that they will lose maybe one, maybe two more games at, uh, at best. And uh, what, what do you think, though? I, I'm saying that. Well, I guess my point is the uh, the landscape of <coughs> SEC basketball, it looks like Alabama's in a favorable spot. I don't want to say driver's seat, but favorable. Well, clearly Saturday was a good day for Alabama. I mean, they won, Tennessee lost, Auburn lost, and even though South Carolina won, Alabama <coughs> is, uh, you know has the tiebreaker over them having beaten them. So, yes, yeah, Saturday was a good day. Uh, I, I don't I don't feel like Alabama's in the driver's seat. I think there's too much basketball remaining. Alabama still has to play Tennessee again. They have to play Kentucky. But I do like um, the fact that, like you said, they went into Baton Rouge and hung 109 on LSU Saturday. That's the second time they scored 109 points this season against the Tigers. What a, you know, scored 109 here in Tuscaloosa as well. 
So I like where they're at, but but the you know they haven't finished the drill yet. But Saturday was a was a good day with uh, with Auburn getting blown out at Florida and Tennessee getting handled at A and M. So uh, right now Alabama's in good shape. They've got a they've tied with South Carolina, and they've got the uh, tiebreaker against the Gamecocks. Well, I, you know, uh, this weekend, we, uh, they're coming to town on Saturday. I believe that's an 11 o'clock uh, start. Is that correct? It is a, It is an early tip uh, on Saturday for the, for the Alabama game. sure is. And, uh, and if, if, we, if we can, like, beat them, you know, they've always been a problem for us in Tuscaloosa. And, uh, but if we can, if we can uh, beat them, uh, I do believe that uh, that we can start to see things taking shape, don't you? After you know, Kentucky is the one that is a mystery to me. Can you figure that out? Hey, and I tell you something else too. I would love to hear what's going on up there, wouldn't you? I know those people are about to come to blue. Yeah. Uh... Getting back to yeah, Kentucky fans are fit to be tied right now. But getting back to Alabama, and the, like you said, they've had their problems that nobody has had. <coughs> NATO's number quite like Buzz had. A uh, and M has had Alabama's number more than any other team since uh, NATO's came into the league. And so that game Saturday, it's an early tip, which means, of course, that the you know the crowd's going to be a little bit lackadaisical, late arriving. And this is an A&M team that uh, has had Alabama's number. And so, and then you've got a Florida team the next Wednesday. You know, you're on by this week. You get plenty of time to get ready for the stretch run. But these next two home games are going to be tough ones against A&M against Florida. Now, you win those two, and then, yeah, you're looking at, at really – Good opportunity, but but this schedule is tough, man. <clears throat> I mean, A and M and Florida back to back, then at Kentucky, then at Ole Miss, then at home against Tennessee, at Florida, and at, and uh, home against Arkansas. That is a tough schedule, man. There's no, you know, there's no Vandy's in there. There's no Missouri's in there. Um, I mean, you're going up against good teams. So Alabama will earn it if they win this SEC championship. But that schedule, having to still play Florida twice. A&M, Kentucky, and Tennessee, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a doozy. Now, I'll give them Arkansas because Arkansas struggled, but that's a, that's a tough schedule, Tom. Florida twice? Do what now? Do we play Florida twice? Yes. Yes. Have to play them here <clears throat> and have to turn around and, and go back down there. Oh, on March the fifth. I didn't know. That. I thought we played them one time this year. No, boy. I mean, they've got Alabama's got Florida twice, Tennessee twice, Auburn twice. That's um, okay. that's tough. That's tough to get to right there. Hey, thank you, Tom. I need to get to Philip here before we hit the break. Okay, see you. Thank you. All right, let's keep it going with Philip this morning. Good morning, Philip. Yeah, I got my eyes on the Kentucky basketball situation. Um, if Cal Perry um, was taken out of that equation, you know, that would open up a 30-day portal for Kentucky. 
Um, do you think the Kentucky fans care about that? Uh, you know, <coughs> I, I now you, you're talking about Cal Perry being taken out of the equation now. Yeah, yeah. If Cal Perry does does not return next year, oh, next year, yeah. I mean, he's gonna finish the season. There's no if he if he's if he's forcibly removed or resigns or whatever, um, that would open up. But do you think the Kentucky fans care about that if they can get Nate Oates? Oh, I don't know, Philip. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't put any thought into whether or not Nate Oates is gonna be leaving yet with with. What they're, I, I just, I, my mind doesn't work. I know I, I probably should be like everybody else and start dreading the fact that you have a good coach, so he's going to leave. Um, but I haven't, I haven't gone there yet in my mind's eye, whether it's Kentucky, Louisville, Michigan, uh, whatever the school is at this point. I, I think Nate Oates is focused on the job at Alabama and what he has to do. And, um, I, you know, that it's so speculative to me that. Right now, all these schools have coaches, and Calipari is still an accomplished head coach. So I, I can't even really answer that. You know, if you're, you know, I don't know how fans work right now. Yeah, Kentucky fans would probably love to have Nate Oates, but I don't know where any of that, you know, is even even at right at this point. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering what you thought the Kentucky stance was. Um, and uh, you sort of told me, and I appreciate that. And uh, I hope you get to feeling better. And I'm sorry you're not getting over the cough because you can't get rest when you're coughing at night. Yeah, it's horrible. All right, thank you, Phil. No faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Find Tide on Twitter at Tide109 to keep up with show announcements, guests, and our reporters in the field. Welcome back into the Gary Heron Show. You're on Tide 100.9 FM at 1230 AM WTBC. And it's time for Mr. Tider Insider, Rodney Orr, if he joins us for his weekly visit. Good morning, Rodney. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing, Gary? I'm hanging in there. Uh, big news, Alabama football, of course, is Ryan Grubb and Scott Huff, the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach, returning to Seattle. I hope they didn't put in a change of address card before they left. Uh, to become the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach for the Seattle Seahawks of the NFL. This is the National Football League. I get it. Uh, it's where they've been living with their families, so the move makes sense. But for Alabama football fans, they don't want to hear any of that right now. They're pretty upset based on the news that uh, broke late last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly the, from a continuity standpoint and the things that they accomplished at, at Washington offensively, I think. <laughs> You know, I can understand why Alabama fans would be a little bit disappointed, you know, in this move. But uh, I would say this, too. I mean, again, they have an opportunity to go to the NFL to be the offensive coordinator and to be the offensive line coach uh, in the biggest and the greatest, uh, you know, league in, in the world. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great opportunity to guys. You certainly can't blame them. But, you know, I'll say this, like I said, with Nick Saban, 
used to say it with Coach Bryant. You've got Coach Bryant, you've got Coach Saban, you've got Coach DeBoer. You, do you trust them or not? You know, they're guys that all, even Coach DeBoer, you know, he's, he's young. Uh, he's got, what, nine years' experience as a head coach, I think it is. But he's got a great track record. So, I mean, you know, you have to really trust uh, him in terms of uh, he's the head guy. He's going to uh, he's going to make moves on his staff that I think are going to be really good, and uh, I think he'll he'll put together a good staff when it's all said and done with the the guys he has to replace. Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD, said on Saturday, Rodney, that they were aware that this could be a possibility with what was happening with the Seahawks after uh, moving on from Pete Carroll and hiring Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator from the Ravens. And uh, Burns said that Coach DeBoer has a plan in place. And uh, this speaks to what you were saying about trusting your head coach. Mm -hmm. No, I think 100%. I mean, I I think he probably has had a plan in the event something happened. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to see how it unfolds. I mean, there's a lot of rumors out there. There's a lot of speculation. I know some people want some inside information on what's going on. But, you know, these things, sometimes these hirings are difficult to predict. And, you know, Gary, to my knowledge, at this point, to this point, there's nothing official been named on Grubb and Huff to uh, to see Seattle. I, you know, we know it's likely, it's expected to happen and all that. I'm not sure. I haven't even checked this morning to see if a, a official release has, has gone out. But regardless, I, I think you'll see Alabama, you'll see DeBoer make his move shortly after you know, these announcements are made. So, uh, again, I think he's probably had a plan that he's been working in the event that uh, he had a couple of uh, coaches move on. Um, and, and it's going to be real interesting to see. I mean, uh, there's been some talk, obviously, that Nick Sheridan, who came with him as the tight ends coach, has experience as an offensive coordinator, was at Indiana for a couple of years as, as the offensive coordinator. He spent the last two years as tight ends coach at Washington. Uh, he's a young guy. He's only like 35 years old, I think, maybe 36. But So he's got some experience, certainly in the divorce system. So he could be a guy that potentially – and he's, he's a quarterback. He was quarterback at Michigan. He has coached quarterback. So is it possible? Yeah, I think it's possible that they could move him. He could be moved uh, over to the quarterback position and also offensive coordinator. Jamarcus Shepard is a guy that's a really – He's a pass game coordinator. He's been a co-offensive coordinator. He's had some some great things he did at Purdue. Now, obviously, the last two years he was at Washington, so he knows the DeBoer system really well also. So maybe those guys are co-offensive coordinators. I'm not really sure what direction you know that's going to go. I think you just have to allow it to play out. There's also a lot of talk about Kirby Moore, who spent the last season at Missouri. As their offensive coordinator, did a really good job there. I mean, obviously – Brady Cook had a great year, threw for over 3,300 yards. The running back, Schrader, had a big year, rushed for over 1,600 yards. Uh, but Kirby Moore's name is, is, has been mentioned as a, as a possibility. Again, he's, he's from the DeBoer system. He's worked under Kalen DeBoer, so they have a lot of familiarity. Also, his offensive line coach up there at Missouri, Brandon Jones, his name has been mentioned. And he's got a lot of experience, 15 years, I think, as, a, as an offensive line coach. Um, he spent four years in Houston recently under Holgerson. Spent last season at Missouri uh, there with uh, you know, on that staff with Eli Drinkwood. So, you know, we'll have to see how it all plays out, Gary. But those are some names that are being bandied about, and there's a lot of other names. Uh, so, uh, but but again, I, I'm with you. I think probably 
the board's had a plan all along. Well, speaking of no official announcements, I mean, it's uh, February 12th, and it's actually nobody's officially been named to Taylor DeBoer staff yet. And I don't know if that's because they were waiting to see what was going to happen with Grubb and Huff. Uh, but at some point, don't you think the university will put out a release in regards to the coaching hires here at the University of Alabama? I do. I do. And I think it's, uh, it's you just hit the nail on the head. I think because there's been some uncertainty about, you know, these, these guys and where they might end up eventually, they probably, and I'm, I'm guessing here, I'm guessing that they just delayed this uh, official release until they knew for certain who is going to make up some of these spots on the staff. So uh, I, th- I would expect, Gary, that we would know something maybe fairly soon, maybe by this week or, or early next week at the latest, I would think. But but hopefully, I'm, I'm really hoping that we know something by you know, some point this week. I want to ask you about the big picture with college football. Um, we saw Jeff Halfley, the Boston College coach, leave to become a coordinator in the NFL. We saw Chip Kelly leave as the sitting head coach at UCLA to become a coordinator in college football at Ohio State, replacing Bill O'Brien, who left to go to Boston College. Um, We're seeing guys, when they get the opportunity now, go to the NFL. And I'm reading a lot of stuff from coaches to just say, hey, listen, a lot of these coaches don't want to deal with NIL. They don't want to deal with 12 months out of the year calendars. They don't want to deal with the portal. Uh, Is this a trend? that we're going to see more of, do you think, with coaches leaving either as head coaches because they don't feel like they've got the NIL in place to compete, to take assistance jobs, or obviously going to the NFL if they get an opportunity? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously uh, until they get kind of struck over college football and everybody kind of has, has something to follow, the rules, guidelines, the way things are done uh, with, the, with the NIL, with the portal, all of those things. I mean, I just think it's just a, it's a free for all out there right now, and it's frustrating to coaches. They they have no idea what they're. Uh, there you are preparing for spring practice, for example. You're going to go in. You're going to you know, spring 15 practices. Everybody gets, and then guess what? You may have 10 guys that went through your practice that maybe some of them you're really counting on that may not be on your roster the two days after spring practice ends. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, I mean, they got they've got to do something, you know. I mean, so whatever it is, uh, I think that most people feel that within the next couple of years, that uh, things will be getting getting better. Uh, they'll, uh, you know, they do have these rules, guidelines, structure in place that will make it uh, a much better game for coaches. Because I mean, it's a nightmare right now. I understand why a coach wouldn't want want to deal with it uh you know and as far as chip kelly's concerned i I mean i'm sure there's other frustrations at ucla besides you know the ones he has to deal with like everyone else does the nil and the portal but uh that that that, now that's a different move right there to go from ucla as a head coach to become the offensive coordinator at ohio state and again i I do think that there's probably some issues there at ucla that you know are, are unique that he he didn't care to deal with any longer as well and he's made plenty of money but still that's you're right. That's just very unusual. If you're going into the Big Ten and you leave as a head coach in the Big Ten to take a coordinator's job at another Big Ten school. Very, very strange. Alabama, uh, you know, wrapped up the early signing period. They got those three signees last Wednesday that we talked a lot about, Rodney, with Ryan Williams and and uh, 
and Carter and, and uh, Reese, the linebacker. So it was a, a beneficial day. And when you look at those three guys, uh, for DeBoer to be able to come back in and get those three guys really was a nice, uh, was a nice capper for this 2024 class. That was great. You know, there's a lot of people that said, uh, you know, if, if, that uh, Ryan Williams would determine whether or not Kalen DeBoer could really recruit in this, this era or this area here in, the, in this region of the country. But, uh, you know, it took him 15 days to get him recommitted, which I thought was really big. You know, obviously he's a great player. Uh, you know, he, he really likes DeBoer's system. The offense that they, they use here certainly will highlight him um, among the other receivers. And so I thought that was really big. I think Noah Carter's a great player. I really liked him. Of course, he originally signed in December with Washington. And when DeBoer left, he got, got out of his in uh, L.I., National Letter of Intent, and, uh, you know, came here for a visit. So I think he's a great pass rusher. He's a great, you know, prospect for sure. And then the transfers that he's got, and I think all three from Washington are really good. So, um, you know, I'm, I, I think right now it's, uh, you know, in, in terms of the personnel that he's brought in uh, and, and the recruiting, it, it's really good. You know, I think it's very encouraging. And, uh, you know, <coughs> he gets his staff together, and, you know, hopefully they can get this thing going, Gary, in terms of the staff and, and start uh, heading towards the next three, three and a half weeks or whatever it is until they start spring practice and, you know, that's going to be a really big time frame for them. Yeah, yeah, it is. And now, of course, we're going to watch what happens with Grubb and Huff. As you said, nothing official from the Seahawks yet, but uh, the expectation is <coughs> that they are leaving. And uh, so we'll be watching to see how Coach uh, DeVore fills these two slots on his offensive coaching staff. It's been a lot of change, and the change continues. Ronnie, uh, when they get into spring, you watched a lot of spring practices, but it's always different when you're going through a coaching transition because not only are you installing and evaluating, but players are also evaluating coaches and players are also adapting to a new coaching staff. So I've always thought that spring football is very important every year, but it's even more important when you're, you know, bringing in a new coaching staff. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. And I also think now, too, with that portal that opens right after spring practice, it's big, you know, because uh, it's a really important time uh, uh, to to uh, to do all the things you're talking about. But I also think, you know, when you when you have a new coach come in, new staff come in, it's, it's kind of a clean slate for a lot of the players, too. It's a great opportunity. We've seen these transitions in the past where the coaches come in and you see another guy or two or three or four emerge that you were good players. They just hadn't had their opportunities yet. And uh, we've seen that several times over, you know, transitions that they've, they've been here. Um, so, yeah, I really look forward to that. I think it's a big spring. I wish uh, Alabama had a few more cornerbacks to work with. I think that's going to be a key in the portal. Now, they, obviously, they're bringing in some really talented kids, Zay Mincy, Zabian Brown, Jalen Mbakwe. All those guys are extremely gifted. Uh, maybe they have a great chance to contribute this year's true freshman. I think going through spring practice certainly always helps those guys. I mean, it gives them a leg up. Uh, I think when you go into the, the summer and then the summer camp preparation, all of those things. So I think that's really something that's important. 
But I do think that's a key spot, Gary. you got Damani Jackson here now to transfer from USC. I think it's big for him to be able to go through spring practice. And then, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe after spring, as soon as this portal opens, some guys jump in the portal that are corners they're interested in. Uh, and, and so we'll see. I would expect that to happen. You know, again, that's just my expectation. You know, the offensive line, you've got to find two tackles. Um, you know, right now, uh, obviously, I think Elijah Pritchett's got a great opportunity. You've got some young players, whether it's, you know, Miles McVeigh or Wilkin Formby or some other guys that they've recruited over the last few years. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. Will they go in the portal for a tackle? I, I, I would think after spring it's, it's possible. Um, you know, so I think those are some really key spots to watch, and I think everyone's excited, I think, about the wide receiver, the kind of offense they're going to run, and you know that the, uh, he's had a lot of success with his running game, too. People talk about the passing game, but you know, he said he's had 1,200-yard rusher last year uh, in Dylan Johnson. So this is going to be an opportunity for Jam Miller and, of course, Justice Haynes and Richard Young in that running room. Uh, the quarterback, again, I, we all know Milrow is the returning guy. I mean, he's got a lot of experience over the last year, made a lot of improvement. This is going to be a little bit of a different system. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to watch him progress over the spring. It's going to be interesting to watch the other guys, Ty Simpson, Dylan Lonergan. And a lot of chatter about the potential of Austin Mack, the transfer, who's just going to be a freshman from Washington. So a lot of things to watch, I think, uh, this spring. And it's going to be very interesting to, to kind of see how it goes. A couple more minutes with Rodney Orr. Let's get to basketball. The, the loss last Wednesday night at Auburn was uh, was disappointing, but nice bounce back by the Tide on Saturday in Baton Rouge. They score 109 on LSU for the second time this season. Auburn lost at Florida. Tennessee lost at A&M. South Carolina did win, but Alabama's in a two-way tie now with South Carolina. Uh, for the SEC lead, a team that they've already beaten, so they've got the tiebreaker there. So, um, you know, uh, Alabama bounced back nicely and, and got a good result from uh, the other teams for the most part on Saturday, and, and now they get a bye week, and they don't play again until this Saturday against Texas A&M, so basketball's looking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, they went down to Auburn, obviously, and I thought they played really well in the first half until the last four minutes. I mean, they battled back. They had the lead at times, and it got away from them in that last three or four minutes or whatever it was. And once it did, it just it just had a grip, grip on it. Um, it was a tough situation. But you're, you're right, Gary. I think the question is, how do you respond after a game like that? Because I, I really don't think that was necessarily unexpected, what happened at Auburn. I, I, I didn't think it was. I saw that the game could have went that way. I mean, you, you kind of felt that there was certainly that chance. And how did they respond? And then they go to LSU. They go on the road. And like you said, they won, what, 109-92, I think it was, and you know, surpassed the 100-point uh, 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 mark again for like the seventh time or whatever. But anyway, it's uh, yeah, I thought that they responded in a big way. And I think that was a real positive thing. And, uh, you know, stretch run is going to be really interesting for this team. All right, Rod, great stuff. And I know that uh, com just keeps on keeping on. Still just uh, $48 a year. And um, tell people how they can sign up. And also, uh, I know your book is doing great. And uh, people out there that are listening that are interested in getting the book, how do they do that? Yeah, com. it's only $48 a year. You can get instant access with your credit card. If you prefer, there is an address better to send a check, and that gives you 
and our premium information. But and a part of that is to our All Sports Forum, which is our community of Alabama fans. We share a lot there as well. Uh, a lot of activity there, a lot of information, a lot of exchange on our All Sports Forum. Uh, and again, it's only $48 a year. And then also, as you mentioned, Bigger Than Bama, that's my book that uh, we recently released with, with Ray Mellick and uh, Bill Nauer, who is Crest Publishing. Uh, so we, we released that book here over the last month, and uh, it's, it's available uh, at RodneyOr.com. That's R-O-D-N-E-Y-O-R-R.com. You can get it there. Of course, it is on Amazon. We prefer you just use um, RodneyOr.com. Uh, but if you forget, then certainly it is available for 1995 on Amazon.com. Thanks, Rod. Okay, buddy. Take care. All right. <coughs> it's 9.50 here on the Gary Harris Show, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa. We're into the new year and uh, well into the new year now. We're running out of time to get fit for summer. So if you want to get a jump start on the summer, go by and join the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, 2313th Street, fitness classes, personal training daycare, silver sneakers, all the programs that you need are in place to help you get fit in 2024. We'll be back to wrap up hour number one of the Gary Harris Show. Bama baseball cranking up this week. Softball off to a fast start, 5-0 and over at the Buzz Classic in Atlanta. Women's basketball had a halftime lead against LSU. We're going to discuss all those topics and more as the Gary Harris Show continues. Coming up up. on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Monday edition of The Game, we'll feature Drew DeArmond, 97.7, The Zone, up in Huntsville. We'll talk to Barrett Salee, Sirius XM Channel 84. We'll talk to Martin Houston. We'll cover all the latest involving the Crimson Tide, including Alabama and LSU. We'll recap that game. We'll take your phone calls and a lot more starting at 2 p.m. here on The Game on Tide 100.9. 1230 WTBC, your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest running sports. We give that to them each and every time they come and visit us. The sense of pride that we have in the quality, the consistency of our food carries over to everything we do in the stores. That's Taco Gas. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar area Areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour. Season's updated COVID-19 shot designed to help protect against recent variants. Learn about a vaccine option and book your COVID-19 shot on ScheduleCovidVax.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and and feel good about your money. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Rain, possibly a few strong thunderstorms this morning, then a chance of partial clearing this afternoon. The high today, 67. Tonight, the chance of a shower this evening, otherwise fair and colder, the low 39. And tomorrow is sunny day with a high at 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Oh, 
home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. here on the Gary Harris Show, and we're wrapping up this first hour. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. <coughs> hour number two, Casey Smith on golf at 10.30, plus we'll hear from Nate Oates. His post-game comment Saturday following the win at LSU. Also, we'll dive into softball, women's basketball, more of your phone calls. All that's coming up in the second hour of the Gary Harris Show. So, Hang in there with me. Again, I'm still dealing with this um, cough, but um, we're going to get through it. we got another hour of the program on the way. So keep it dialed in right here to Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Also, a reminder to download the app, Tide 109 app. That's the best way, really, to get to the station. It's just put us on your <coughs> wireless device. You can also listen at Tide109.com. So we got another hour coming up of the Gary Harris Show. Stay with us. That's 800-294-8831. What do you have to lose? Call 800-294-8831. Again, 800-294-8831. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Are you receiving unemployment? Your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits. Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov slash fraud. Brought to you by Sports Betting in Alabama. Contact your legislator today by visiting sportsbettingalliance.org. Paid for by Sports Betting Alliance. SportsBettingAlliance.org. 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's Move Over Law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights. That's simple human sense. So contact Pritchett Moore Insurance today and let our professionals find the right insurance solution for you. Visit pm-insurance.com or stop by the Tuscaloosa office today. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. The Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions again. They beat the 49ers 25-22 in overtime, their third title in the last four years. Niners coach Kyle Shanahan said he has no regrets. No regrets with our team. I thought our guys played so hard today. Not everything was perfect by no means, but um, I'm going to lose with a group of guys. It's do with those guys anytime and it'll take some time we'll get over this and um come back next year ready to go quarterback brock purdy lamented the missed opportunities i think that's what eats at me is i feel like we could have we had our opportunities man i think 
sort of lap them and get up on them. And I think we, we failed to do that. So moving forward with my career and, you know, if you get blessed enough to get in this kind of position again, you think you have to understand that and not, uh, learn the hard way. After the game, multiple 49ers players admitted they were unaware the overtime rules are different in the playoffs than the regular season. Now, this hour is West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. River flood warnings are in effect for the Tom Bigby River at Bevel, Demopolis, and Gainesville Lock and Dams. There's also a flood warning for the Black Warrior River at the Selden Lock and Dam. Influenza is still on the rise in Alabama with a 2.9% increase in emergency room visits across the state over the last month. COVID-19 cases are also up while RSV virus cases have declined. In sports, the Kansas City Chiefs won their second straight Super Bowl 25-22 in overtime over the San Francisco 49ers. Get 24 24- 7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show for this Monday, February 12, 2024. I'm your host, Gary Harris. I got Justin Jones right there back at the studio taking your phone calls on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline at 205-342-9904. Casey Smith on golf coming up at 1030. And um, Nate Oates post-game comments from Monday or from Saturday's game against LSU. We'll have them for you here on this Monday morning. Though I need to let you know this hour that Gary Harris show being brought to you as always by Patterson Comer, attorneys at law, Paul Patterson and Mike Comer. They do it right with feet on the ground in West Alabama. And if you need a personal injury attorney, I highly encourage you to call Patterson Comer, attorneys at law. Paul's in Tuscaloosa and Mike is in Northport and one thing about these guys, like I said, uh, they're local. You'll get to uh, you'll get to see them. You'll get to talk to them face to face. This won't be a situation where you're trying to get a settlement and you never even meet your lawyer. That's not how they operate. They operate uh, completely different. You'll meet them eyeball to eyeball. And yes, even if you need to go to court, then that's who will be in court with you either Paul Patterson or Mike Comer. Paul is in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939. Toll free, 866-507-9091. Patterson Comer, attorneys at law. Find out more at pattersoncomerlawfirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, let's talk some Alabama sports. And here, and you want to get involved, like I said, you can call us on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline at 205-342-9904. Alabama softball opening up at the Buzz Classic over in Atlanta in five games in three days, and uh, including two against the host school, Georgia Tech, from the Atlantic Coast Conference. And Alabama goes 5-0. and And uh, Caleb Beaver, the Transfer pitcher from Central Arkansas opened the season against Villanova on Thursday with a no-hitter. 
how's that for starting your Alabama career in style? And then on Saturday, Justin, I don't know if you saw it or not, but Alabama, it looked like ended the game with a triple play. The Georgia Tech team had the bases loaded with nobody out. And uh, in fact, Justin, let's let's pull up that play. We're going to play it back for you. Hang on, I'll send it to you. I've got it on my on my Twitter feed, and um, we need to play this because this was a phenomenal, phenomenal play. And it looked like Alabama had ended the game on a triple play, following a great, 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 great catch to end the game. I have it ready. But okay, uh, let's 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 just play this. This is from the. Uh, Atlantic Coast Conference ACC Network feed. This is how we thought the game ended on Saturday against Georgia Tech. An option. Grace Connolly drives it deep to right field. And what a catch! Oh my goodness, Kendall Clark! You're kidding! They've doubled all. And that's the ball game! Saves the ball game! Oh my gosh! I can't believe that just happened. You're kidding! All right. Um, here's what happened after the play. It appeared to be a triple play, but the umpires got together and actually ruled that it was a double play. First of all, phenomenal catch against the wall in right field. But the umpires later ruled that it was a double play and that the runner from third tagged and scored. So they gave Georgia Tech a run. Now, Alabama still won the game, and uh, but they didn't get the shutout in that catch in right field. But I don't really understand the the ruling. I, I mean, when you're watching it in real time, it looks like a a triple play, Justin. Yeah, I I didn't really understand it either. I I guess what they're saying though, and like you just said, um, not to be repetitive, but I, the third baseman must have tagged up after the catch. I thought the runner was still there at the third base, I, like she ran back. But I, in the end, they ended up just striking out the next batter, I believe. So all in all, a good win. And I'm, that catch, uh, Larissa Pruitt. I think was the one who went up and got it. Yeah, they uh, they uh, misidentified the outfielder. This happens from time to time when you're <coughs> not familiar with the teams. But uh, yeah, what a cat! I mean, it would have been a grand slam. I mean, it, it was that ball was going over the fence. Oh, definitely. Wow. So <coughs> Alabama softball, and I'm going to work to get Murph on this week before they uh, open the home schedule this week. And also, we're going to have. Um, Bama baseball coach Rob Vaughn on, just trying to decide what day it's going to be. But he's going to join us this week, so we'll have him on the program. And hopefully we'll have um, Murph as well, as baseball and softball season is here. Women's basketball yesterday, Justin, had a 10-point lead on the road at halftime against LSU. And um, unfortunately, much like the game here, in Tuscaloosa, where Alabama had a halftime lead, LSU is, you know, they're the defending national champion for a reason. And uh, they just came out in the third quarter and just, I mean, just dominated Alabama in the game. And wound up winning at 
But still, this Alabama team, no moral victories at all. But this is an NCAA tournament team. This is a team that's been good enough to lead LSU twice at halftime. They're not good enough to win over four quarters, clearly. Uh, And I guess what was disappointing yesterday is you knew the way that LSU was going to come out. And Alabama just didn't seem prepared for the the onslaught that they faced. And they went from a 10-point lead to a quick deficit and wound up losing the game by by 19 points. That's a 29-point swing in the second half, Justin. Yeah, it's um I wasn't able to catch the game yesterday, but I did watch the first one when they were in Tuscaloosa. LSU <clears throat> simply can overpower you with the size of their girls. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh as good as uh Sarah Ashley Barker has been playing um and some of our other players, it's hard to, it's hard to play against teams like that when they have such dominating figures in the paint. Angel Reese, of course, being uh, one of the primary ones. It's very funny enough. It's very similar to the, how the men's team uh, matches up against dominating post play as well. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. And uh, LSU is strong, strong, strong. But uh, we're still hoping that Alabama with the way they played in the first half, would get that game into the fourth quarter with a chance maybe to pull the upset. They could not do it. But uh, that ends a four-game SEC winning streak for the Tide. <clears throat> but still, this is a good team. This is a good team Alabama's got. It's not a great team, but it is a uh, it is a good team. 11 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to get to our break. And when we come back on the other side, we'll take phone calls. If you want to give us a ring, on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline at 205-342-9904. And we're also going to hear from Nate Oates, Alabama men's basketball coach, the Bama team bouncing back. And also, Justin, there's a tweet out, and I somebody sent it to me. I haven't had a really chance to look at it yet. But um, I guess they're going to do some retro jerseys on Saturday for the A&M game. Let's see if I can find the tweet that somebody sent me. Uh, I think you you might be right. the The tweet that Alabama basketball put out was a video of them opening a a, a glowing box. It doesn't show it, so they're teasing it. But uh, retro jerseys that that sounds really cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think it's a social media team will release the retro jerseys Alabama's wearing versus T and M or Texas A and M this Saturday. They're going to release them at three p.m. this afternoon. I think. So we can look forward to that. That's something that... Uh... Available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Visit PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representations made that the legal services provided by Patterson Comer is greater than any other legal services performed by any other lawyer. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a deal or text DEAL to 511-511. Text DEAL to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Rain, possibly a few strong thunderstorms this morning, then a chance of partial clearing this afternoon. The high today, 67. Tonight, the chance of a shower this evening, otherwise fair and colder, the low 39. And tomorrow is sunny day with a high at 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Alabama Crimson Tide lives right here. Down the pylon. Touchdown, Alabama. 
Tide 100.9. Ten fifteen. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Time One Hundred Point Nine FM and twelve thirty AM WTBC. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, Alabama, a winner on Saturday in Baton Rouge against LSU. Tide scored one hundred nine in the game, and uh, for the second time this year, they scored one hundred nine against LSU. And Alabama and South Carolina now lead the SEC standings at nine and two, and Alabama has beaten the Gamecocks, so they have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Tennessee loses at A&M. Auburn loses to Florida. Those two teams drop to 8-3 and three in the standings. Let's hear now from head coach Nate Oates, his postgame comments Saturday following the Bama victory over LSU in Baton Rouge. Big road win that we needed to get if we're going to stay in the hunt to win the league. You know, I thought LSU came ready to go. You know, we had no answer for Baker in the first half. Then they made the run, went up. What is it? Uh, one or two there in the second half, just under 10 to go, if I remember right. And then kind of the way we play, we got a barrage of threes, open it up, and that was kind of it. But, you know, I thought LSU did a really good job being ready to go, you know, on their offensive end, kind of attacking some weaknesses on us. I thought we made some decent adjustments. Our guards started helping our bigs a little bit more on Baker turning them over a little bit more. You know, we ended up with 23 points off turnovers. We, we thought we needed to try to turn them over a little more. We only got 12 turnovers, but we were able to score on most of them. You know, and then I, I thought job Nick Pringle did in the second half was really good on Baker. You know, and then our, our guards rebounded it. You know, we ended up re- rebounding them by 12, which we knew we needed to do, playing a small lineup and we kind of go down the rebounding deal. You know, Trelly ended up with 10. With a double double for the first time this year, he's been close, and you know he played great. He shot six of nine from three. We keep trying to tell him to he can't turn down open threes. He shoots it way too good to turn down. And he, I I still think he turned some open ones down tonight, but he, he he was great. But you know he had ten rebounds. Sears had eight rebounds. I thought Sears played a great game. You know he ended up with five assists, two turnovers. You know, Ryland, six assists, zero turnovers. Trelly, four assists, zero turnovers. Estrada, seven assists, one turnover. So you add that up, and that's, that's at 22 assists to three turnovers. That's pretty impressive from the, those four guards that started. So we've been on these guys about rebounding, turnovers, defensive intensity. we got to get our front court guard a little bit better, but I, I thought our back court was pretty good on everything we've been on them about. And was big to get a win. LSU is a markedly improved team. You know, they blew out Arkansas at home recently. They play a lot better at home. We haven't played trade on the road. So I, I thought, you know, to kind of be able to blow this thing open at the end was big on a number of fronts. Questions for Latrell? Starting from. Yeah, Latrell, what's it like to play in the system where you took ninth grade and your coach is saying you need to take more? It's definitely a confidence booster. Um, it helps us out to help us understand that we need to shoot the open shrink threes that we create for each other. We create a lot of advantages and we're not supposed to pass up any open threes. And that definitely gives me confidence. And he tells me, tells me that every day in practice and in the game. So that helps us out a lot. And it helps us play free and fast. Yeah, Travis, uh, how big was, was this? Uh, win, like I said, getting on the road after, after the game, just how y'all played offense. It was definitely a big win. Um, coming off the game, we just had, we, ne- we definitely needed this win, and 
to win a conference, we need these these games. We need roll wins, and we have three more left. And we started off with a good one with the first one, winning it at home. And LSU is a pretty good team at on the at home, so beating them was definitely a confidence booster for us. Anything else for the trail? Last one over there. So as coach said, you guys did great on the boards and trail. Uh, what was the difference you think in, especially in the second half, getting after the boards so well? Um, us getting challenged though. We got challenged all week in practice the last two days. We had really two good days of practice and the main focus was us being smaller with a smaller lineup, we need to rebound. Our guards do. Our bigs are stepping up rebounding, so we have to help them out rebound. So just helping us rebound as guards is another way for us to be a winning team. So we have to step up and do that. So, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, for Thank you. All right, questions for Coach? Start in the front again. Yeah, I it doesn't matter. We want to play fast. I, you know, I, ever since I was a high school coach, my, my philosophy's kind of gone back to going to get in the gym and player development's been our biggest thing on offense since Shoot, for the last 25 years I've been coaching. So we're going to spend a lot of time in the gym making players into really good players. And we want to open the floor up and let them let them make plays. They're a lot more motivated to get in the gym, work on their game if you let them actually play their game. The, the best way to do that is play fast. And as, you know, we, we've been doing it since shoot, my first year at Rhymeless was 0203, so 20 years. Like, we've been playing pretty fast, you know, ever since then. But, you know, the game's starting to evolve. The NBA's playing way faster. I think, you know, with the analytics and the floor being spread, I think if you can create an advantage in the first six seconds of the clock and just continue to keep the advantage through the whole possession, I feel like we can get the shots we want. So, we're, we're yeah, we're trying to attack early. We're not doing it necessarily to play fast. I tell the guys all the time, we're going to be one of the fastest teams in the country. Not just to play fast because our goal is to be the most efficient. This is the first year we've been able to be, and I don't know where we'll end up after today, but we've been, you know, back and forth with Purdue between one and two and and most efficient offense in the country. And they obviously do it a lot differently with E. But so for playing open modern style basketball, we've got the no way, really? Country. That's awesome. That's why we play fast to be the most efficient. But we definitely are trying to push the ball to the floor and attack them before they ever get set up. Hey, the way you can score the ball um, at halftime, you only lead by three. And like you said, Baker, you had no answer for Baker. What was your message to Nick Pringle or whoever else was going to be guarding? It was more a message to Grant Nelson because I thought he was the one that was getting killed the most by Baker. So, you know, like Grant, we got to man up and guard him here in the second half. You know, and I thought the first possession, second half, Grant did a much better job. He forced him to go to his right hand instead of giving him his left. We, we made an adjustment to kind of have Ryland go help. Ryland comes over. He's got to go to his right hand. Ryland comes over. But, yeah, I mean, to give up 22 points in the first half to, to a big that, you know, one, we're letting him catch it too easy. Guards aren't helping enough. You know, and they're playing, and Hannibal's a really good player, but he, he doesn't want to shoot. 
So you got a non-shooter in a starting lineup and we're not giving enough help off it. There was lots of adjustments. We didn't do a very good job at the beginning, literally the whole first half of doing, I thought we started helping a little bit more off Hannibal, making his catches tougher. You know, I thought Pringle really did a great job. Grant was better in the second half. Diabate gave us some good minutes in there too. On the left. Coach, obviously, second chance for you 28 of them today. I mean, just kind of talk about, you know, getting the opportunity for the main one shots, 44 from beyond the arc. I mean, that you mentioned earlier, just as many possessions as you can and just continue to kind of keep your foot on the gas pedal. I hope that continues over the next one. Yeah, I didn't realize that. We took 81 shots. It's a lot of shots. You know, when, when you don't turn the ball over and you get 19 old boards, you're going to have a lot of shot attempts. You know, so we end up with, now they had more free throw attempts, but it wasn't by a huge margin. You know, they only outscored us by four at the line. So to, to have 21 more field goal attempts, it's going to be hard for them to win the game doing that. So I thought we did a really good job on the offensive glass. I mean, you kind of look through this. Like, right, Rachel's a guard and ends up with five old boards. You know, Nick Pringle had four, four old boards in 15 and a half minutes. You know, I thought Pringle's energy and the, the minutes he gave us was huge. And before the game, everybody was like, man, Pringle's ready to go. So I, I told the guys after the game, like, there's a, there's a way you get yourself mentally ready to play. And Nick was ready to play before the game. Like, it's an 11 o'clock tip. You got to get yourself mentally ready to go. Some of our guys did not do a great job of that. Nick obviously did. So hopefully he can use this as a springboard to really start playing some great basketball for us. But, you know, they have five guys in double figures and, 19 boards, you know, I, I thought I thought the ball was moving well. We were getting on the glass, taking care of it. It was one of our better offense. You know, we, our analytics guys had us at a 1.43 1. on offense. That's pretty elite. Coach, this game had a similar feel to the first one uh, not too long ago. What led to the separation today? Yes. Yeah, I think, you know, they were up one with nine and a half to go, and then I think we had five straight threes. So we're, we're – We've got a lot of offensive firepower. They were liable to explode at any point. You know, if we can get our defense better, you know, we, we could be a pretty dominant team. So I think, you know, if if you start missing as fast as we play, I think, we, you know, they had to call a timeout. We went on an 8-0 run in about a minute. They called timeout, and then it's kind of over at that point. You know, they we came out of the timeout, had a few more, opened it up. So, you know, we're – Explosive offensively, I think we had a few big runs in both these games. It kind of opened it up, and then we were able to kind of take it home from there. All right, good stuff there from Nate Oates and Latrell Reitzel, who also was uh, at the podium with uh, Coach Oates, the star guard for the Crimson Tide. Had a great game <coughs> against LSU. Double-double, 21 points and 10 rebounds. Bama gets the win. Now they're off this week. Won't play again until Saturday at 11 a.m. against their nemesis. I think it's safe to say that A&M has been a nemesis for Nate Oates uh, since Oates and Alabama have uh, since Oates has been in the conference with Alabama. So that'll be a, that'll be a big game on Saturday against Texas A&M. All right, we're going to get to the break, and when we come back on the other side, we are going to visit with Casey Smith on golf. A lot to talk about, including. Deal or text deal to 511-511. Text deal to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pets results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. 
covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ten thirty, and it's time for Casey Smith on golf, and uh, a lot to cover and break down this morning. Good morning, Casey. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing well. Okay, a great Super Bowl. Yeah, good game, and uh, I picked the 49ers, But once it got to OT, I uh, said, you know, you got Kyle Shanahan on one end, on one sideline, and and the Reed and and Mahomes on the other. I think we all felt like the outcome was going to be. KC and it was what a, what an outcome at the WM Phoenix Open and uh, we'll start with the golf but there's a lot of storylines that came out of this tournament but yesterday you got 47 year old Charlie Hoffman who represents waste management WM on tour and has for years playing great I mean playing absolutely marvelous golf and looking like he's going to get his first tour win I think it like it's like his last 200 starts or something like that and win for his sponsor. And then Nick Taylor, the Canadian just absolutely refused to lose. I mean, I think Bernie three of his last four in regulation to force the playoff and very fortunate often was that the easiest birdie hole of those last four is 17. And that's the one that Taylor didn't birdie, but then they both birdied 18 in the playoffs and then Taylor birdied 18 again. He birdied 18 three straight times on Sunday. That's that's it remarkable. Was. I was disappointed for Charlie Hoffman. I'm not going to lie to you. I was supposed for him to win, but it was some unbelievable golf by Nick Taylor. Oh, I mean, Nick Taylor, you know, age 35. So in terms of today's tour, not a youngster. Uh, by all accounts, a great guy picking up his fourth tour win. Sort of spread out from 2014 to now, spaced out. Um, he, uh, you know, to go in that, that's the most, uh, attended golf tournament every year. Um, they break every year, they break a new record. And so to have all of that wattage around to go out there and get it done, need to birdie 16 and 18 to get in the playoff and then to birdie 18 three times. Uh, yeah, I mean, congrats to him. We were both texting and pulling for Charlie Hoffman. He's, uh, works with, he was really one of Mark Blackburn at, from Greystone. Uh, he was one of his first students, really got him from, just being a regular teacher out on, out on, you know, tour and got tour presence and Charlie Hoffman's game has been, uh, you know, dead in the water for a while. And, and he's always been sponsored by waste management. Um, he, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see, I think he, he, maybe this gets him into having a good year. One of the nicest guys out there. Um, he had had four career wins and, um, you know, he, he, to, to he earned a bunch of money already. He made more this year than he's made, and he's made a lot of money over the years. So good to see him back. That'll get him, you know, guaranteed some more starts. And I mean, he shot 64 yesterday himself, back nine 32 with an eagle on 13. So uh, he was playing flawless golf. Made one bogey, and that bogey, you know, little pesky bogey on a par three, uh, or he shoots 63 and he wins outright but you know for our other guys that we keep an eye on i thought there was some really continued good progress and where this is heading you had you know for some for some it wasn't jt 
he had a another good tournament. He's stacking up very consistent results. Obviously, there's one thing that's killing him still, the putter. Rounds of 69, 65, 70, which really killed him that third round, and then 68. Uh, but he was in the mix. I mean, generally just in the mix, and he's finding himself in the mix a lot. So, you know, more chances you give yourself, the better chance you have to knock through and win. And uh, Robbie Shelton also finished T60. The rest of our guys really didn't make the cut. So, Stephen uh, Stewart Sink, Lee Hodges, Pat and Gazire, all with a missed cut. And then this week is Tiger Woods return to golf uh, to where we should start seeing him once a month. That's his plan, his announced plan. He's hosting the Genesis this week at Riviera. We'll also see Nick Dunlap uh, in the field. Uh, and you'll have another one of those limited field, big check opportunities. So uh be interesting to see how he plays on that golf course. It's a it's a rare, unique golf course, but one of the players' favorite on tour, if not the favorite, consensus by all the players, and even ranks up there with when, when you get to the players' votes with anywhere, majors included. Uh, they have a really unique grass, which I'll be interested to see if, if Dunlap's played any there, called Kakuya, more of an Australian grass. It's, they planted there, and it's made it there. Um, and, and then just a, you know, a little bit of a different rally right there. You're in a canyon in the middle of, uh, LA. So this is a, always a good week for me. I enjoy watching this tournament. I can't wait to see where Tiger Woods really stands. And, and, you know, wouldn't shock me if uh, JT had another good week. <laughs> yeah. He's still looking to get that win though. That's what, that's what he wants. You know, the PGA tour can't control the weather and you expect the California swing to have good weather. That has not been the case. Didn't get to play the final round at AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And then just everything from torrential downpour to freezing temperatures. It was a challenge in Phoenix yesterday. Once it, you know, they got into the day and it warmed up, it was nice. But um, I want to ask you about the, the tournament itself. And, you know, it's all fun and games until the players start kind of pushing back. And we've seen this evolution that people's open, they call it with WM. The 16th hole, we know what it's become. And it was fun and games, and everybody was having fun. There were a lot of people not having fun this time. You saw the incident with Zach Johnson. You saw Billy Horschel. Uh, saw other players. Uh, Jordan Spieth, not happy. I think the weather contributed to it with the mud and what have you. And they had to cut liquor sales off on Saturday. But there's a lot of discussion this morning as to whether or not this has gone too far. And the PGA Tour is being careful. And I don't think they've had any kind of statement because they helped create this monster. But I will say this. This is golf still. This is golf. And I understand that live, you know, they play the music and they have DJs and all that. But this is the PGA Tour. And I don't, I'm not a stick in the mud by any means. But I see the concern if I'm a golfer at this point with, with where they're at with these crowds and some of the stuff, you know, videos of people urinating on the grounds and, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it just, it just seemed like no, it, no it went a little over the top. And I'm wondering now, Casey, if the PGA is going to have to try to reel this back in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this is this has turned into a clown show. Uh, you know, I like to have as much fun as anyone and, um, and, you know, in the right environments. But there's only a couple of fixes for them. One, regardless, they're going to have to reel some of it in. It's gotten so bad out of control that. Um, you know, they can't allow that for brand, even waste management, even the Thunderbirds who they do. So what's bad is, you know, when I mentioned them, 
it makes me think, you know, they do so much good work for charity in that area and they raise so much money because it is a big charitable event. I mean, millions of dollars that gets now overshadowed by, you know, behavior that is just people going, knowing that they have the ability just to go out and act like a fool. And they also have now let in so many people. I was reading about some of the lines and I know people that go every year and go and entertain people and all that. But there's, there's, it, they're going to have to um, reel it back in, put some guardrails in place, get some, uh, you know, if you have to cut off the alcohol sales, that's not good. Um, and, and then, you know, give the players some sense of security. I mean, they, they wanted this. They got this. Now they've got to stop this. And uh, they can't, you know, even the throw, if somebody makes a hole in one, okay, they may throw the beers on the, the hole and all that, but. You know, the players have contributed to some of it as well, you know, taking off their shirts. And um, so they probably just need to reel it all in. That's one option. And if you're going to keep going down this route, um, I think you're going to have to play music on every hole a little bit and just make it a whole crazy party week because now they've got, they're allowing the people to act so crazy. And then now it's interrupting play because most of those players are prepared for them to act pretty crazy on 16. But now these people are acting that crazy all around. And, and so the, the players, you know, they're still their job. They're playing for a lot of money. They're all locked in on edge. Uh, and then some of them are also, you know, that have had really big careers. Some of them probably, I think overreacted too, because they also ask for this and this is what they want. And they also know this is what this is going to be this week. So, put it on both sides here but once again you know you know what i think about the leadership of the pga tour and uh i feel like there's failed leadership at the top and it just continues to show its head live meanwhile <coughs> pardon me casey i'm still struggling live meanwhile i had its event in in las vegas uh, how did that go yeah live las vegas was for viewership and stuff and actually, for the first time, I'm like, all right, now they, 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 I'm starting to sense. I mean, you had Bryson, Rom, and DJ in the last group. So as far as the golf goes, their golf continues to improve because they continue to get good. You know, they've got a great talent, great players, and even more so, good names at the top. And then Brooks Kepka's team won, uh, and a little bit of a landslide. So, um, you know, they had. They have warm weather. They even have more people there because they had set it up for both events, thinking there was going to be warmer weather, uh, especially in Vegas, too. And it was, you know, cold, rainy, windy. Um, but they looked like a very successful event. I think they keep they keep just building on their product. They got to sort of figure out they, – they overplay the team stuff so much because that's their end goal to sell these teams. But they have so many good players now that it, it's almost – they should be playing that up more. Um, they're always trying to fit in the team stuff. Um, so anyway, it, it'd be interesting to see how this just continues to play out. Uh, they look like they're uh, got something that's continued to build. I mean, they're getting those type of players in the last group. It makes for really good golf. I don't care who you are if you're just watching the golf aspect. And then their technology, uh, and, and this is from even the guys who were hating on them, their technology within their viewership that Google has, they've partnered with Google on has really changed the game. I mean, they have great better shot tracer, better information. 
and the thing that they're doing the best is they're doing those caddy player combos. Like they're mic'd up. They go to them a lot. You hear that. And so as a fan and someone that's always trying to improve at golf, you know, it's very interesting to, to see what the best players are doing and hear what the best players are doing. You just see so many more shots than the PGA Tour, who is selling commercials left and right. Uh, and then they do a lot of on-air on talking instead of just showing more shots. And so given the Masters shows every shot almost of every player, and now Liv's doing it, I, I would assume the PGA Tour will react soon, but uh, you never know what, what they have going on with their leadership. I tell you, my major complaint with the PGA Tour is when you're like on the Watch ESPN app, you got people paying to watch golf, and then these announcers still won't shut up. And just, you're, just you're, 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 you know, you're, you're watching a featured group, and they won't shut up, number one. They're sitting in a studio somewhere, which makes it even worse. And number two, sometimes you're still not seeing the guys that are featured in that group. And it's one thing over the air television, but I, you know, I wonder, you know, if you, your thoughts on that. I mean, really, when I'm watching on an app, watching on my phone, I just want to see the golf. I, I really don't care much for what these people have to say. But boy, they're gonna, they think highly of themselves because they will not shut up. They think highly of themselves, and their producers do as well. And we all know who they are. If you're watching golf, golfers to me, unless it's a big major tournament. The regular tournaments, it's real golfers that are watching. Majors, you get fringe fans. Uh, occasional other event, fringe fans. When Tiger Woods played, you got some fringe fans. Now, we're in a place where you're really getting diehard golfers because half the talent has been taken away to another product. And so people want to see golf shots. Think about how many shots. We, we really follow you know, the Alabama guys closely, both of us do, um, and, and talk about it every week. We see a few shots a weekend of those guys, even when they're in the mix. Um, you know, JT, they show a little bit more than others, but they're not just, they showed a lot of Nick Dunlap uh, and, and they show a lot of the winners. And this week we're going to get, you know, Tiger Woods. We'll get Tiger Woods over overload, right? Regardless if he's playing good or bad. And that's what I just wish they would show more golf shots just of, if, if Liv's now going to allow you to see any shot from any player and Augusta's figured that out, watch the best television, you know, Augusta and the, and the Ryder cup are the two most, to me, the best two televised golf events at any time they play uh, either of, of those events. Well, guess what they do in those events They show the most shots They show golf and, and people get to see the golf course and, and how balls react and, you know, gets people eager to go play golf. It's sort of a whole grow the game. What a concept. But, uh, yeah, you're you're spot on. I mean, if, if you start keeping track, I bet that they're showing right now, and they better change this, they're probably showing 90% less of the shot uh, shots than Liv is showing right now. And that's not a good thing. We're trying to compete with people. And you hear grumblings about it every week. But, uh, yeah, hopefully they'll make some changes. For this year, Tiger Woods, uh, so long, and that's the issue. Yeah. For this year, other than the majors, um, it looks like this is going to still be separate tours completely this year, or any chance that somewhere along the line so that's, there's that's a merger this year. year. I think definite this year. It's remerged for next year, and they'll have the Ryder Cup figured out. 
by then. I think they'll definitely, you'll see them in six events or four events this year, all the players together. And I think for 2025, they will all be at least optional or back together. I mean, looks like there's definitely going to be, um, when you start hearing these guys say from their side, if I was invited to these events, I would play around our schedule. I mean, I heard John Rom say that. I've heard Bubba say that now, back-to-back weeks. I've heard DJ say that. So the tour is going to continue to see a reduction, you know, of ratings in these events that are not their signature events. Well, they still have to go have sponsors for long, you know, in the big picture. They can't really afford that. That's why they're already losing some sponsors. So how? what's one way to get that back, to get some of these guys in these fields? Uh, they've got to figure out something. It's just it's just too important for all of golf, professional golf in anyway, as it is. Casey Smith on golf, and uh, he stays on top of it like very few. And uh, we've talked about Tiger, but it, yeah, I guess the the ratings this weekend will be uh, off the chain with him playing at Riviera. Primetime golf, uh, Tiger Woods, and then all of the other. Best players that are remaining, whether it's 80 in the field uh, this week and no cut and at Riviera, which I think they're finally going to get some good weather. Um, I still expect him. He's never played well there, really. Uh, It's one of the only places he hasn't really won. He's a host. I don't know if he can win there. I do think he actually will compete to win at some point. And, you know, it could be whatever if he can just get around. Um and he can continue to get well because I don't think the golf is going to be uh, the issue. But, yeah, I'm excited. I love this event, primetime golf, and uh, hopefully we, we see some of our guys. I'd love for um, Nick Dunlap to go out and send a statement to all those people who thought that he wasn't really what he was as a pro after winning as an amateur. I really just think none of that matters. I think the guy was tired. I think the guy has been on a whirlwind. He had no plans of being in this place. And he's a great golfer. Uh, just get back to the basics of playing really, really good golf. And we're going to, you know, it's horses for courses. I think we're going to see uh, this other interesting test, given the grass type, a little different, spongy, greens are crazy fast. You know, when you get him back on that normal PGA Tour course, I can see really good golf ahead. And then, you know, these type of events, you just don't really know. I mean, probably a little bit more, probably a little bit, a little bit more uh, nerves, and this event, given, you know, Tigers hosting and who all is also in the event. But I do expect, you know, good golf for Nick Dunlap ahead. Appreciate it very much, Casey. Thanks, Kerry. Get to feeling better. I'm trying, man. Thank you so much. All right. All right. <laughs> it is uh, 1048 here on the Gary Harris Show. we got one segment to go. A reminder that T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery University Mall ready to help you look your best. Gentlemen, if you want to look like a million bucks, all you have to do is go by and see Tom and just say, hey, Tom, help me out. He'll hook you up, whether it's a suit, whether it's a great-looking pair of slacks, uh, shoes, tie, belt, pocket, square, whatever you need to look uh, to look your best. He'll help you out with it. And, of course, that one-of-a-kind Alabama football memorabilia collection where everything in the store is for sale. T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. We're back after this. 
coming up up. on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Monday edition of The Game, we'll feature Drew DeArm at 97.7, The Zone up in Huntsville. We'll talk to Barrett Salee, Sirius XM Channel 84. We'll talk to Martin Houston. We'll cover all the latest involving the Crimson Tide, including Alabama and LSU. We'll recap that game. We'll take your phone calls and a lot more starting at 2 p.m. here on The Game on Tide 100.9. 1230 WTBC, your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest running sports program. Candidates, right from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa at Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after hours. Of- with approved credit, PTG Outdoors, open Monday through Friday, 8 till 5, in the old Ellen L. Marine location in Northport. Call 333-1605. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Rain, possibly a few strong thunderstorms this morning, then a chance of partial clearing this afternoon. The high today, 67. Tonight, the chance of a shower this evening, otherwise fair and colder, the low 39. And tomorrow is sunny day with a high at 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. All right, 10.53, winding it down here on the Gary Harris Show. <clears throat> I do appreciate your patience, and uh, hopefully I'm going to get rid of this cough. I'm going to see what I can do. This I've got to work at the TV station tonight, but I'm going to see if I can get um, something else to, to help. Of course, I had the flu and got over that, and but this, uh, this cough is now lingering, and it is... Uh, Oh, gosh, it's aggravating. It's all get out, especially when you're trying to do a two-hour radio show and um, trying to get through get through it. But I appreciate you hanging in with us there. I want to thank uh, Rodney Orr and uh, Casey Smith for joining us this morning <coughs> here on the program. Also have confirmed Coach Brad Bohannon. Brad Bohannon. How about that? Coach Rob Vaughn, Alabama baseball coach, uh, will be with us on – Thursday at 9.30. Coach Vaughn will join us to preview the season. Can't wait for that. Also, we're going to be looking forward to uh, trying to get Murphy on. Uh, Patrick Murphy, Alabama <coughs> softball coach this week. And uh, that'll be a, a great segment as well. As it's uh, it's spring time in terms of sports. It may not be spring on the calendar. It's uh, you know still mid-February, but... Um, spring sports have, yeah, you can hear the, the baseball music there. It's, uh, it's here and we're going to have, uh, as I said, going to feature coach uh, Rob Vaughn on Thursday and also feature, uh, hopefully Patrick Murphy. I've got to get up with him and see what day this week we can get him on. All right. <clears throat> That's going to do it for the program. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer, attorneys in law, Paul Patterson and Mike Comer. They do it right. Paul's in Tuscaloosa. Mike is in Northport. Feet on the ground in West Alabama. 
That's what you get with Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law, PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, T-Town Sports Daily is coming up next from 11 until noon. Then we'll have uh, Miller's Edge from noon until 2. And Ryan Fowler will take you home this afternoon with the game from 2 until 6. I'll be back tomorrow morning for the Tuesday edition of the Gary Harris Show, and hopefully the cough will not be with me. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Peace out, Sports Daily is coming up next.